It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Hello there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of After 9, and thank you to the thousands of people that downloaded yesterday's episode on the Glory Holes. (laughs) If you missed yesterday, not only did we explain why Glory Holes were trending across Canada, fairly simple, straight-up reason is um, the B.C. government is encouraging you to have faceless sex. They don't want you to be close to other people uh, where you can exchange COVID. So they're recommending that as one solution... Glory hole. Mm-hmm. And then that evolved into a fantastic conversation about all the different ways that you can make your own glory hole. Cat's pop up banner idea is actually pretty good. Although somebody pointed out to me by DM a glory hole needs more anonymity. This is coming from a woman. This is a woman who did not say if she's been to a glory hole, but seemed to know a lot about a glory hole. Hmm. And she said, you you don't want to know anything about the person that's on the other side. If it's just a pop-up banner and it's just your partner standing behind it, you kind of know. But if you want to make it interesting, it's got to be um, like a room I, with a door and your dick goes through the door. I don't understand how people find that interesting. Like, you don't know where that person's been. And you're just supposed to like, all right, Sometimes, like y- You know what, Kat, let's be perfectly honest. Uh Guys will do it for mainly sexual reasons. I mean, it's not going to suck itself. And some women and other men will do that as well just to have that sense of intimacy or just because they like performing that particular act. So uh, this is why the glory hole has been around for so long and now actually encouraged as an option for safer sex during the pandemic. Yeah, it's something else, isn't it? It's uh, it's something else. Well, we'll move on from that. We've got a lot of DMs that we're going to read before we get to a few other things, including (laughs) the finance minister. What do you got? Uh, Okay, so I have a message here from Sarah who says, Hi, Kat. Hope you're doing well. I wanted to add my two cents on the school discussion you guys had. Uh, My oldest will be four in October and is supposed to start JK. I'm on the fence about sending her. I'm waiting to hear on our school board's final decision on their protocols. I have so many questions. How are they going to keep masks on the kids all day? I can barely make her keep it on going to the store. Also, they can't play with friends because of social distancing. What a shit introduction to school. I would rather homeschool this year and reevaluate next Good. school year. How hard Good. is it to teach JK? Plus, I'm home on mat leave with our 11-month-old, so I think that's what I might do. Thanks for reading. Uh, thanks for that, Sarah. Yes, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. We still don't know what our school boards around here are going to be doing come the fall. I don't blame Sarah for thinking about just keeping her four-year-old back. Uh, and I think about what a sad school year it's going to be if it, if it will happen. For certain age, in certain age groups, uh, fine, all well and good. You know what? Hey, you're a teenager. Go suck it up. You know, wear your mask, um, distance from your friends. You can still have all the, you know, same cool experiences, just totally in a different way um, and without sports. And sure, there's fun shit being cut out of your school year. But when I think about little kids and those things that I think kids need – they're going to be lacking, like being able to hug their friends and show how much they care about their friends. I mean, I worked in a daycare on and off for a long for a while because my mom owned one. 
And that's all I saw was the affection that little kids have for each other. And they're so sweet and innocent. And having to scold young children for wanting to do what comes to them so naturally and is a beautiful thing to me, I feel for the teachers if they do have to do that. So I don't blame parents for wanting to pull their kids out of that scenario. I mean, I personally felt horrible when I had to social distance from my brothers and sisters who have kids and they're all very close and my daughter her first instinct was to go hug her cousins and at the time when I mean when it was really bad and we didn't go near anyone I had to pull her away like how horrible is that like she just wants to hug her cousin and so to have to do that with little kids I again I don't blame you Sarah I really don't um and if and if homeschooling is what you want to do there will be lots of resources I have no doubt about it regardless what the school boards decide to do to help you out with with whatever you choose to do if you choose to do that at home uh can I add to that sure. uh, a slightly different perspective keep them home JK is a perfect waste of time there's absolutely nothing other than socialization that they're going to take out of JK Right. Nothing. It is the it, socialization. They're not, they're not missing anything. So, yeah, you can totally homeschool them. Socialize them with people in your bubble mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know, let them see other kids at the park from a distance, whatever. But if you're really worried about the health risks of sending them, don't send them. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm still uh, of the mind that JK is a waste of time. Now, when it comes to everything else, um, uh, scolding kids about not wearing masks, I'd like to think it's not going to be like that. I know not everything. Every teacher is the same, but I would like to think it'll be more friendly reminders. So you'll probably get the first one, and then after that, you get reminded, now, now, here, we sit over here, and you sit over there. And it's probably good for life in general. I mean, the people that are going into high school... I feel bad for you because your first intro into high school is in a pandemic. For people that are going into their final year or that just went through their final year, it sucks that you missed out on your high school prom. It sucks that you missed out on all the fun things that happened in your senior year of high school. Uh, my son's starting university this year. Starting university in this shit? I, I feel much worse for the older people who have never had to go through this. For the people who are just getting into the system, i.e. JK, kindergarten, and so on and so forth, I think for you... You're probably going to have to do a lot of these things for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. This isn't the last Corona-style virus that we're going to deal with, so it's probably good to educate them now and get them into that routine. So you might want to think about that. Uh, Can I read a DM that I got about our podcast about flying? Sure. Guys, about your podcast, uh... The guy charged with smoking on an airplane. I want to let you know that back in 2014, I was working for Sunwing Vacations at the time. A young couple in their 20s were flying to Panama. That flight was about three and a half hours in. We were over the States when the plane had to turn back. The guy got unruly because he was told he can't pay for his duty free with cash. It had to be on credit. He started throwing a hissy fit, threatening to bring the plane down. Well, the plane had to be escorted back to Toronto with two fighter jets from a U.S. base, which cost approximately $35,000 each. Wow. I'm not sure about the other airlines, but to answer your question about what happens to these people, Sunwing actually sued this guy beyond what he was already facing as charges. Paying for the fighter jets, compensating other passengers, rebooking them, etc. I've seen some crazy shit happen there back Mm -hmm. in the day. 
And then he did ask to remain anonymous. So that is no problem. We always will. Yeah, you know what? Why should an airline have to suck it up and pay to make that emergency landing because some asshole wants to light a cigarette in the bathroom? There's certain things that not everybody can do. If you're a hardcore smoker that for whatever reason can't seem to go three hours without a cigarette, you're not allowed to fly. If you don't trust yourself to not walk into the bathroom and light up a smoke, don't fly. It's not an entitlement. It's not your God-given right to be able to do everything. There's certain things not everybody can do. And if you can't control your addiction, you just can't fly. That's one of the things. You will have to drive everywhere or take a boat. That's just the way it works. But anyway, thank you. You can reach us anytime. Uh, Kat's Instagram is convenient for her. It's Cat on air. That's Cat with a K. You can reach me at Scott Fox on air. Um, uh, one more quick thing I'll mention. Oh yeah. I got a DM about, so I'm just going to leave this with you, Scott, um, to think about. And you and I can talk about it later. But um, from Fast Car on Instagram, he sent me a note asking if we could do another Ask Anything podcast soon because he has a couple of questions. Oh, uh, yeah. I like Ask Us Anything. Yeah. We'll do another one of those. I'm not exactly sure when, but we will yeah. definitely do one at some point. Yeah, leave that, that with us. And in the meantime, if you do have questions, we can just kind of uh, keep as many of them as we can. But we'll ask. We'll let you know in advance. Let's put it that way. We'll, we'll give you guys a good, fair one-week warning, maybe, and you can ask whatever question you want to ask. Happened yesterday in Newmarket, which, for those who don't know, is about 45 minutes north of Toronto. Morning time. I'm going to assume before 10 a.m. because the store wasn't open. Vehicle crashed right into the front of an adult toy store in a plaza at Bayview and Mulock. A man and woman in the SUV unhurt. The store was closed at the time. I'm looking at a picture of this. They literally, cat crashed right through the front fucking door of Passion Place adult toy store. Right through. I'm going to assume that they were an older couple. I'm going to assume. And if you're an older couple looking to spice up your relationship, maybe you're thinking to yourself, toys. Yeah, that's it. That's what we need. We got to get some sex toys. Number one, grandpa, you got to wait till they open. Number two, play in just the tip with your car and the front door of a sex toy store is not okay. You need to stop, turn the car off, get out of the car and walk through the front door. If you're trying to keep yourself incognito by driving right in, doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Funny one, though. I posted the picture. It really is just the tip. It's just the tip of the car slid in there. Uh, Scott Fox on air is also my Twitter if you want to check it out. Uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday in Ottawa. Holy shit, Bill Morneau's in a lot of trouble. Holy cow, cat. Did you watch any of it? No, I didn't. So Bill Morneau, for those who don't know, is Canada's finance minister. He's generally... One of the most boring people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I don't know Bill. I I know most of them. Liberal, conservative, NDP. I know a lot of them. I've never met Bill Morneau, and frankly, I'm okay with that because he seems like a slimy piece of shit. And let me tell you why. So yesterday, he has to do this testimony under oath in front of the finance committee. And this is all because he's already admitted he didn't recuse himself from the decision to award we charity an almost billion-dollar contract. He should have said, no, you know what? I'm not going to participate in this decision because my daughter works for WE. He voted on it. Yeah, give that contract to WE. 
And we thought that was the end of it. Yesterday, we thought he was coming to answer questions about why he didn't recuse himself. But he made an opening statement. In his opening statement, as it turns out, he did at least one, maybe two different trips with we that we paid for. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's on like page one of the code of ethics? Can't do that. <laughs> you can't accept travel. Well, it's funny to me because this this story <laughs> to me is all like, oh, like was there confusion? Because it does have a lot to do with um, numbers and that's kind of supposed to be your jam. You're not supposed to just, whoops, didn't realize. No, you're supposed to keep track of numbers. And I expect you to keep track of that in in your life all the time because of what you do for a living. So there's like, this is an obvious he knew, right? Just yesterday, he says he realized that he can't account for $41,000 in expenses from that trip to Ecuador. And I think there was another one over to Africa, but I'm not sure. In any case, he can't account for $41,000. I know he's got a lot of money, but everybody knows if you didn't get billed for something that costs $41,000. Imagine you bought a... A Lamborghini. Oh, wow. That's great. So you go out and buy yourself a $300,000 car. You would notice, even if you can afford a Lamborghini, if $41,000 was taken off the price. There's no way he didn't know about this. So Billy Morneau there apparently had his secretary contact the Wii Association yesterday and say, hey, did you guys pay some of those expenses for me? Oh, 41K? Okay, great. I'm going to stroke a check and send it to you tomorrow. So yesterday, right before he gets sworn in to do this testimony, he does an opening statement uh, in his opening testimony that says, I just wrote a check to the WE Association to reimburse them for that travel. You shouldn't have taken the travel! Yeah, this is the thing, right? And I'm wondering, would he have admitted that if his testimony was not under oath yesterday? Mm. Would he have volunteered that information... Had he not been called in front of the House of Commons Finance Committee, I'd really like to know those things. Is he talking because he got caught? And now what happens? This, too, now is going in front of the ethics commissioner. So you've got the travel and you've got the fact that he didn't recuse himself from the cabinet decision. Not to mention Trudeau probably should have recused himself from that decision. Actually, I don't even need to say probably because he's already admitted it was wrong what he did and apologized. So... With Bill Morneau here, he's got to go, right? Like, does he get fired or does he quit? If you're Justin Trudeau and your finance minister is this deep in this, do you seriously let him carry on being finance minister? If he doesn't want to resign, you got to fire him, I would think, don't you? I don't know. It's I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense to me a lot of the times when things like this happen in politics. It doesn't make sense because I've seen, we've seen people get away with shit that you're like, How are you still doing your job? I don't understand. And then we've seen things that's like where they do step down or they're let go for things where like, yeah, you maybe could have gotten away with that. I don't know. I don't know what should happen, really. I mean, he'll have a good discussion about it, no doubt about or already has, actually. And they probably already know exactly what's going to happen. But we'll find out today, I guess. I would think he's got to step down today. I mean, he's facing a second 
ethics investigation. He's admitted he did it. He really doesn't have any defense here. In fact, there's <laughs> there was one thing that he didn't confirm or deny yesterday, even though Pierre Polyev, uh, who was questioning for the conservatives, even though he really tried to get him to do it yesterday, the finance minister would not admit that the month he wrote a very generous donation to we was the exact same month his daughter got hired there. Exact same month. So I guess we still have to wait for Bill to confirm or deny that. But either way, here we are. It's a mess. Although I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed that both the prime minister and his assistant, Katie Telford, have both agreed that they will testify in front of this committee. I don't know if they really had a choice. I mean, you can either testify or they they can bring in the police to investigate. Maybe this is just the best way to get everything on the record. But that's going to be a massive Canadian TV moment. It's not very often that a prime minister, let alone his secretary, testify in front of a House of Commons committee. So it'll be good. Uh, I'm going to give you a number, a series of numbers and letters. You tell me if you know what this means, okay? Okay. It's a brand new license plate. Somebody just got it in Australia. X-3-2-2-2-A. Oh, gosh. That's the license plate. I'd have to, like, write it. I'd have to, like, write it. Is it one of those ones I'd have to write out? Okay, say it one more time. Okay. It's X-3-2-2-2-A. Does that mean anything to you? Nothing. You've never seen that before? No. You've never seen that license plate before. You don't know x 32 22A. No. Interesting. Interesting. You might. You certainly know exactly what that means. Because. Ah, sex. <laughs> I you, see it now. I see it when, now. When you look in your rear view mirror at the license plate behind you, because the mirror flips everything in reverse, it says ass sex. Yep. <laughs> I see it. I, instantly I thought, but what about backwards? Oh, there it is. And speaking of backwards, <laughs> double meaning. You know, every now and again, people come up with something where I've just got to say, good for you. How did you even fucking think of that? Because you could never go into a service Ontario and say, yeah, I want the license plate A-S-S-S-E-X. That would never happen. (laughs) It reminds me when we were kids and we had calculators and yes. in math class, and we used to write boobs or boobless or asshole, and it kind of looked like it, but you always had to be upside down. It's exactly what it's like. Absolutely. So this person figured out how to get the license plate ass sex where it only appears if they're behind you. And that's the irony that I love. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Uh, our friends at Adam and Eve. Did a little survey. Not one, not two, but three Deppidas. They wanted to find out from people. <laughs> Fuck, that makes me laugh every time. They wanted to find out from people uh, that have toys, because I assume at some point they're going to reach basic capacity, right? At some point, most people that want a sex toy will have a sex toy, and I would think their sales will decline. Wouldn't it? Or do people just keep upgrading in that department? Uh, maybe they upgrade. I mean, they can, you can really work your way up if you want to. Well, they decided to ask people, do you clean your sex toys? And if you do, how often do you do it? I think everybody knows that you should clean them after every use thoroughly with soap and water or any cleaning solution that you can probably buy from them. Either way, it's supposed to get cleaned after every use. Listen to these numbers. 
58% of those polled, 49% of men, 65% of women, said they clean their sex toys after every use. 33% said they never clean their sex toys. (gasps) I'm not surprised. That's nasty. Nearly 10% of those surveyed said they clean their sex toys every once in a while. Uh, All right. Here. Let, let's have a real heart-to-heart here, everybody. Just uh, myself, Kat, and you. I get it. After you've just had a, a, a good rogering with yourself, maybe... <laughs> Never say rogering. It's so <laughs> maybe you're tired. Maybe you're like, oh, my God, I could go to sleep right now. There's one thing you've got to do before you do it. You don't just open back up that that dresser drawer and, and and chuck your toy back in it, you've got to go and clean it thoroughly. Well, and think about it. If they're not cleaning the, the sex toys, then people certainly aren't cleaning their hands. And isn't this why we should all be glad that we're experiencing a great deal of social distancing right now and no handshakes? Right. Because for the amount of people that do that, you know they're also not washing their hands after the fact, and they should. Thank you. Uh, Here's a quote from Dr. Jenny Schuyler, who is the resident sexologist at Adam and Eve. I can't stress how important it is to clean your sex toys after each use. Besides helping your toys last longer, this prevents the spread of infection. Most toys include cleaning instructions, and there are numerous toy cleansers available. It's easy. You just got to do it. But who are those people that never clean it? Who uses that, does the filthy shit you do with your sex toys, and then says, "Ah, I'll throw this away. I'll throw it back in the drawer. It'll be good for next time. No. you got to clean it. You have to clean it. They're poking all, peeling all kinds of shit off it the next time. Like, let me just just blow this off. It's it's crusty. It's all crusty now. (laughs) There we go. We're good. (laughs) Shit. It's gross. Flaking off and shit. Ew. Oh, my God. It's nasty. Just put it on. Just okay. Just flake it onto the bedding. I probably don't wash either. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I'm going to ask you if you have any sympathy for this girl. She was writing an exam. She was eating a meatball sandwich at the time. Weird thing to bring into an exam, but I understand different schools have different policies. Some of them will let you eat. Some of them won't. Whatever. She had a meatball sandwich. And you know what happens with meatball sandwiches. Inevitably, one of the meatballs will fall out. And in this case, good news. Didn't land in her lap, didn't land on her shirt, didn't ruin her clothes. The problem was it landed on the keyboard. That caused some sort of a malfunction that sent the exam into submission. She wasn't even close to done. She ended up getting a 37% and failing because of a fucking meatball. So she went to the prof and tried to explain, like, Oh, shit, I was having a meatball sandwich, and a meatball fell out the back, landed on the keyboard, and it clicked submit. I wasn't done yet, so what do we do? First off, what would you do if you were the professor? So, okay, so you asked about sympathy off the top. And for this one, I do, because it was incomplete, 
that would be enough detective work for me. It would be totally different if she filled out the entire thing and tried to claim like, oh, my meatballs kept hitting the wrong keys and oops, I accidentally submitted this wrong. Like, no, I would. Be- my tendency is to believe her. OK, does she get to rewrite? Because now she knows all the content of the exam. She has a distinct advantage now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would probably I would probably let it slide. Like unless she's planning to go be a rocket scientist and this is like or I don't know. I would be fine with it. Yes. I say yes. Let her go. Yeah. The prof let her redo the test. Some people feel that's not fair. Some people say, well, that's your fault. You're a fucking idiot for eating a meatball sandwich over your laptop while you're doing an exam. One handed, by the way, you clearly didn't care that much about your grade. So, no, you shouldn't get a redo. The prof gave her a redo. She gets to redo it. Good. I hope, though, that they at least change up the test because that's a distinct unfair advantage if you already know all of the questions. Yeah. Having said that, it's also a pain in the ass for the teacher to come up with a completely new exam because you apparently can't write one without a meatball sandwich in your hand. (laughs) Weird situation. Weird situation. Don't eat and eat first. Eat first or wait to eat. Either one. Either one. A lot of stories in the news today about people refusing to wear masks and getting into confrontation about it. Um, One maskless Burger King customer smashed a computer monitor and ruined a charity display before throwing a tape dispenser at one of the employees after being told they had to put on a mask. Mm. And then there was the Panera Bread fiasco in California. This one's actually pretty interesting. So a woman goes into Panera Bread. And customers started yelling at her. She didn't have a mask on. And there's a lot of people who don't want to get sick. They've heard all the messaging about wearing masks. They want other people to wear one, too. So this woman wasn't having any of it. She went up to one of the guys who was trying to tell her off and blew in his face. And then she did the Facebook. The Facebook is when you spout off a completely misinformed opinion, but you read it online and it must be true. So you're going to defend that point of view, even though you're dead ass wrong. This woman tried to argue he was an idiot for wearing a mask because, and this was her rationale (laughs) for why masks don't work. This is the best. (laughs) If you fart, even with underwear and jeans on, We can still smell the fart. So that just goes to prove that cloth doesn't stop the virus. Oh, what a fucking idiot, eh? Oh, she's a total fucking idiot. So after watching this, though, because the video has gone viral, people are watching it. And this is the problem. People are looking for excuses here to try and get out of wearing a mask. So they hear this ridiculous argument and they think to themselves, well, yeah, I can smell farts. So that means the masks don't work. Unless you have actual shit coming out of your mouth, you don't have to worry about a mask covering a fart. You're not putting a mask over your ass. It's not fucking gas. We're talking about gas. Like there's a total difference between the two, first of all. And all it takes is common sense to real and really thinking about it for one fucking second to realize that. Sure. So somebody uh, with a science background, I'm going to say that they actually are a scientist, had to go to the effort. Of writing out a whole dissertation about why that's wrong. Explaining that the gas that comes out of your ass is very, very, very small. It's also a gas. It's not droplets. So when the smell comes out of your butthole, 
Yeah, it's going to go through your underwear. And yeah, it's going to go through your jeans. And yeah, it's going to weird out all the people around you because you just farted around them. The COVID, though, if you have that face covering on, it's not foolproof. It's not 100%. It's kind of like a condom. But these masks will do a lot for keeping those respiratory droplets from being spewed out into the public. And by the way, if given the choice, hey, would you rather catch COVID or would you rather smell a fart? Okay, if those are my two options, I think I'd rather smell a fart than catch COVID. Like, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. But this chick, it's just hilarious to me how fucking dumb people are. There's so many stupid people. So bad. Uh, One more thing I want to touch on in this podcast. People are washing their hands now more than ever. That's good. People are getting the message. They say, though, we're not quite there yet. They did a lot of research into this and found that how long are we supposed to wash our hands when we wash our hands? What do they say? Uh, Happy birthday to you. All I know is it's the happy birthday song. Uh, I want to say 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, Yeah, you're right. It's minimum 20 seconds with soap. You've got to wash your hands. On average, we're doing about 19 seconds right now. Mm -hmm. However, pre-pandemic, the average person washed their hands for 13 seconds. So we are getting better. We're just one (laughs) second short of what the CDC suggests. It's funny. I feel like a lot of people I talk to about either washing hand washing or washing and scrubbing groceries or products as they come in your house has changed. A lot of people I know have confessed that they used to like they clean their groceries thoroughly when they got home, for example, and they clean the door handle after they touched it when they came from the grocers and they clean their own carts just to make sure. And a lot of them are like, well, I sometimes do it. Now I don't really anymore, and the groceries are probably fine. So, like, ah, whatever. I leave it alone. And hand washing, yeah, of course I, I wash my hands, but I don't sit there and count the seconds anymore. And we should still be doing that with hand washing at the very least. Right. Well, it's more good news here. People are washing their hands about eight times a day now. That's up from five times a day before the pandemic. Ha! Huh. of people used to cough or sneeze into their hand. Now that's down to about 30%. That's fucking gross. We're making progress. Okay. But back to the hand washing for a sec. Here's the problem with it. There's one time in particular where it seems that people are not washing their hands. And I don't blame them. Public bathrooms. As it turns out, people are... Nobody's comfortable using a public bathroom to begin with, but a lot more people admit they sometimes skip it in a public restroom. Really? Yep. Uh, about one in eight people. But isn't that the word? Like, those are the places you want to have your hands clean. Here's the problem. If I were to use a public bathroom and I'm only standing up, I'm not doing a full-blown poop in a public bathroom. I'm not doing it. It's just wrong. Absolutely not. I will not use a gas station bathroom for that. I'd rather go do it on the side of the road than in a public gas station bathroom. So for me, that's the deal breaker. But I will wash my hands afterwards if they've got the touchless sinks. Unfortunately, hey, it's a public bathroom in a gas station, for example. A lot of those are pretty old school. You still have to turn on the tap. And even if I can find like a paper towel, towel, even if I can find one of those, I still feel weird touching that tap. Because then you got to get another paper towel to turn it off, and I just feel like I'm going to compromise the system. So, yeah, I admit, I might be one of those people who doesn't. Soap, water, 20 seconds, happy birthday to you. They're in the uh, SO bathroom. But what I will do 
is I will go back to the car and sanitize afterwards. But no, I'm not necessarily going to wash my hands. Unfortunately, they didn't ask people, well, did you sanitize afterwards? Some people are just in such a hurry to get out of that public bathroom. They're just like, fuck, get me out of this gross shit. And, And they just walk out. Don't even bother washing their hands. And that is why COVID-19 is out of control in America. Yeah, people are gross. I, I, don't like, I don't like touching people's anything. Don't touch anyone's phone. Don't think that you're safe to do that. I just, I see I trust no one. And you just made me trust people less. Actually, you know what? I got a little weirded out. I forgot to tell you this. I went out for dinner last week. I was on a patio, but it was a nice restaurant. And they had done almost everything right. They wanted to have people not holding their menus... They put all their menus online and there was even a QR code that you could scan right at the front. One called up the wine menu. The other called up the dinner menu. Great. Awesome. I don't need you to bring me a menu. I don't want to touch it anyway because other people have and they're gross. I will just read the menu off my own phone. Where I went wrong was I asked the waiter a couple of questions about various dishes and he's like, okay, no, no, no. If you want that, you got to go to that. He put his hand on my phone and swiped up to show ah, me what it was on the menu. No, see, and that's just habit. Like, you know what, though? I mean, I give it a pass. It's just habit. Like, it, it's just people have these habits, and it's hard to break them or even come up with a different way to do it. And it was probably just instinct. Did they realize afterwards? No, I don't think he did. And to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't even really realize at the time how wrong that was. But I thought about it afterwards, and I thought... it's not a good idea to touch anybody's phone. But me being overly cautious, not only do I have sanitizer in my cars, I also carry wipes with me. So I pulled out a Lysol wipe, wiped her all down, boom, got rid of whatever it might have been on his hands. But then his hands touched my plate when they brought it to me. So I don't know. I mean, I'm doing what I can, but if it's going to get us, it's going to get us, I think here, right? Yeah. you can only take so many precautions. Well, that's why you you defending yourself, that's the best that's the best thing you can do. That's why don't touch your eyes and your nose and your mouth. Don't touch your face. Okay? Don't touch your face. Continue to wash your hands. Uh, wear a mask, sure. That's more protecting other people and protecting yourself, but you got to do it. And if as long as you follow those things, and, and assume everywhere you go, there's going to be COVID. And I know that sounds freaky and terrifying. That would a terrible way to live. But that's what kind of what I do. I just assume I'm going to enter the grocery store and someone in here has COVID. So what am I doing to make sure that I'm protecting myself from that? And on that, we will say thank you for downloading, everybody. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It is the best way to get the new episodes as we post them. Anything else we got to do here? Um, I think that's all. We'll have a fun edition for you uh, here again tomorrow. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.